first, if you'd like a graphic to go with the weather this morning, as always on this station, you can go to wortfm.org forward slash weather if you've got a computer or a phone handy. And up in the featured graphics towards the top of the page there, there's a water vapor image of the U.S. that has the surface pressure fields overlaid on it, and I'll talk about that in a, a little while. Uh, once again, this was a very dark and dreary weekend, this one past, and uh, as has been the case most of December now, it was also unseasonably warm. 45 degrees for high temperature Saturday and 41 yesterday. Uh, that was after a 48-degree high Friday and 51 on Thursday. So actually, I guess the weekend was cool by comparison. Just for context, the thermometer should not even be rising above freezing by this time of the year. Indeed, the uh, if the air temperature actually followed climatology, the thermometer would basically drop below freezing around December 15th and then not reemerge until the 17th of February. In any case, though, our temperatures recently, as warm as they've been, don't compare at all to what we saw two years ago during mid-December. You may remember this. We hit 68 degrees on December 15th, two years ago, a record-breaking warm-up that was accompanied by a spectacular severe weather outbreak that evening, including an unprecedented December derecho just west of us up the plains with a swath of 70 and 80 mile per hour wind gusts from basically southwestern Iowa, northeastward through central Wisconsin, and a swarm of tornadoes in that same region, 94 total with nine of those tornadoes occurring in Wisconsin, as I recall. Interestingly, four of those tornadoes, the ones actually the furthest to the north and east at the very end of the outbreak in the evening, were some of the strongest which occurred. And that may have been related to their proximity to a strong low-level thermal boundary that set up adjacent to areas which had actually been under snowpack just hours before that. A strong low-level temperature discontinuities like that especially on their warm frontal sides, are known to be uh, particularly dangerous areas for tornado spin-ups. In any case, I added a link about that event to the WORT weather webpage this morning. It's up at the top of the featured graphics. The link is a really thorough retrospective of the outbreak from the National Weather Service in La Crosse, including a lot of the meteorological detail about the wider storm environment in which those severe storms occurred. So uh, do check that out if you're someone who's interested in severe weather. Well, despite our being warm recently, the one thing we certainly haven't been is stormy. Uh, the winds are up a little bit this morning due to a storm far out to our east, currently lashing the mid-Atlantic states and New England. Otherwise, though, our prolonged warm spell has been, if anything, characterized by a lack of any notable weather. And I'm afraid that that meteorological malaise is going to uh, continue through another round of daily forecasts this week as well. Have a look at that a water vapor image of the U.S. that I was mentioning. It's on the weather webpage, and you'll see a fairly amplified set of waves crossing the country over these uh, past few days over the weekend. There are initially on the image uh, troughs over each of the two coasts, west and east, with a ridge in between. That's back on Friday when we were warm here. And those features are all moving uh, basically steadily east over the weekend with the western trough digging underneath the ridge once that feature reaches the Gulf of Mexico and adds a little bit of temperature contrast down there to help energize that east coast storm initially before it then lifts up from the bite of Georgia up the coast later on. That western trough also gets a refresher of cold air dumping southward out of Canada once it gets into the upper Midwest towards the end of the loop. And you can uh, certainly feel that if you step outside this morning. 
Uh, you can also see on that particular image also the uh, extremely tight pressure gradient that's set up between the storm over the east coast and the incoming Arctic air mass over the plains. The pattern there with the cold air plunging deeply down the center of the continent all the way to the Gulf is generally not what you will have seen pretty much any other time that you would have looked at the satellite during the past three weeks. The northern and southern branches of the jet stream have remained dully disengaged and separated across North America through much of December, with the southern stream generally cruising east-northeastward about over the Gulf of Mexico region and the more poleward branch on a kind of parallel track way up in central Canada, as if it was the middle of August. And despite the brief plunge into colder air that we have this morning, that pattern is going to reemerge shortly, encouraged from afar by the strong El Nino that's out in the equatorial Pacific. That phenomenon has reached a 2 degrees Celsius warming anomaly in its key region recently, out about 140 west longitude. So another week of steady warming is going to ensue from here as the polar jet kind of snaps back into position, El Nino position anyway, across the northwestern third of the continent, producing a what will be a temperature dipole on the longer-range maps out about a week or 10 days, which is essentially backward from what we'd normally see during a northern hemisphere winter with warm air centered over about western Hudson's Bay and cold air and upper troughing centered about 2,000 miles to the west of there, out over the Aleutian Islands and western Alaska. So a uh, warm-up into this coming weekend is fairly inevitable and actually probably out beyond this weekend as well, at least for a few days. Of interest, though, is the most recent discussion from the long-range desk of the Climate Prediction Center. This concerns the three- and four-week forward time period. You can have a look at this. You can read this discussion yourself if you want to. It's on the WORT weather webpage, down the page a bit under the Climate Prediction Center portion. The forecaster this past Friday considers the possible factors, the stronger forcing, as the jargon has it, that might possibly disrupt the effect of the El Nino in the downstream area here over North America. And between possible Madden-Julian activity, as it's called, this would be the cycle of convection and subsidence that sometimes travels eastward around the tropics at roughly six- or eight-week intervals, and the possibility also of a sudden stratospheric warming event over the pole. This is something we also occasionally see in the deep of the northern hemisphere winter, which uh, tends to eject polar air southward when it happens out of the Arctic and down onto the continents. Between those two global-scale factors, both of which do have some footing in the longer-range modeling, it's possible we may see a more comprehensive pattern change across the center part of the continent here once we get out, say, to the end of the month or out into early January. So in any event, something to pay attention to going forward, and you might also, if you want, Google Madden-Julian oscillation and the sudden stratospheric warming that I was mentioning to learn more about them and see at least what the latest is over the coming couple of weeks when I won't be on the air. Uh, otherwise, though, here's the, uh, well, rather dull forecast one more time for the remainder of this coming week. Today, the strong pressure gradient on the backside of that East Coast storm, along with steep low-level lapse rates, is going to serve to keep the winds pretty brisk and skies continuing to be kind of susceptible to cumulus or stratocumulus development through the day today, though the cloud layer will be quite thin above us and we may see some continued breaking. We may also see some of these occasional uh, light flurries coming down, which may surprise you. The incoming air has a very low dew point. It's extremely dry, having just come out of the Arctic. 
So moisture does not hold very long in that atmosphere. So even though we have just short clouds above us, we can occasionally get some flurries coming down from those. Anyway, uh, temperatures will go uh, basically nowhere today, holding in the mid or upper 20s through the afternoon. On Northwesterly winds at 20 to 25 miles per hour, generally speaking, gusting up into the 30s on a fairly regular basis, at least through the early afternoon. So that will keep wind chill values down in the low teens much of the time. Winds will slowly subside as we get later in the day, and uh, especially through the overnight, coming down to maybe 4 to 8 miles per hour, uh, and backing more westerly, too, as we get on towards dawn tomorrow. Temperatures will drop to the mid or upper teens under uh, mostly clear skies overnight. Tomorrow, mid and high clouds will uh, start to reappear, wafting overhead from the west as the Arctic surface high pressure cell pushes eastward and southwesterly winds start to come up again behind it, increasing to 8 to 12 miles per hour by later in the day tomorrow. Temperatures will return to the low 30s. Passing clouds overnight and southwesterly winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour will hold temperatures around 30 degrees. And we'll have kind of a weak cold frontal boundary pressing southward towards us, but not really coming through here, I don't think, as we go uh, through Wednesday into Thursday. And that may develop some additional cloud cover at that time. Otherwise, we should remain partly cloudy and mild Wednesday with southerly winds at 4 to 8 miles per hour, taking temperatures back towards 40. And kind of similar to the regimen this past week, we may see Gulf of Mexico moisture slowly starting to train northward up the plains around the backside of the uh, exiting surface high. And that may continue to then uh, kind of thicken some lower clouds as we get into and through Thursday and Friday, occasionally accompanied by some light sprinkles or mist, that kind of thing, like we saw this past week. Temperatures overnight into Thursday will again hold around 30 uh, or in the low 30s with temperatures on the day Thursday holding around 40, given just expected cloud cover and light south to southeast winds. The winter solstice incidentally occurs at 927 Thursday evening if you want to mark it. Temperatures later in the week uh, will be kind of sandwiched in a narrower range given the increase of low-level moisture and cloud cover that will be in place at that time. So uh, low temperatures will hold probably just in the mid or even upper 30s, again, far above what our normal high should be. And high temperatures will be up in the low to mid 40s. So kind of a dark and dull end period of the week, also warm. In any case, I'll have an update on the end of the week period on the Wednesday evening news forecast between 6 and 7 p.m. Wednesday evening. So uh, tune in for that and see if anything new is coming up on the horizon.